We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have uh, a lot of music to play for you, but our jazz feature is always uh, at the top of the list after our theme which I'm sure everybody can kind of hum along with now, uh, especially after all these years of uh, having the same theme. You all know where everything everything goes. Uh, people still ask, um, who have just tuned into the program, uh, new listeners, in other words, uh, often ask, who is that? And uh, so, just to enlighten everybody, once again... Uh, it's Mr. Benny Green, who is the trombonist and the leader in that auspicious band. And there's two great saxophone players on there. One is very well-known and one is lesser-known. The first well-known one is the great Gene Ammons. And, of course, his sound is unmistakable. The second saxophone solo is by a great uh, musician originally from Philadelphia, and his name is Billy Root, and uh, he takes the second solo. And in the rhythm section, Sonny Clark, the legendary Sonny Clark on piano, Ike Isaacs on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums. And that's from an album on Blue Note Records called Soul Stirrin', and that is the title track, written by one of jazz's great characters, Babs Gonzalez, and of course uh, Babs and the band does the the little vocal on the tune, and all of that was recorded uh, at Rudy Van Gelder's studio in April of 1958. It's a classic album, one of Benny Green's great albums, Soul Stirrin'. Anyway, so now that I've uh, re-enlightened uh, a lot of people on that, we're going to get to our jazz feature. And it's part two of um, our back-to-school idea. And, of course, last week we had the redoubtable maestro, Leonard Bernstein, doing his um, What is Jazz, telling you what is jazz and what isn't jazz, and he took a part of tune uh, as well. And, of course, it was very entertaining and very educational as well. This week... We have another amazing musician, Julian Cannonball Adderley. Now, Julian Adderley was one of the, if not one of the foremost alto saxophonists in jazz. And, of course, was a great band leader, led one of the finest jazz bands um, ever, and uh, was uh, not only uh, a wonderful soloist on the alto and, and really set the pace um, also was a communicator. And he, his live performances were wonderful. He really believed in, in talking to the audience, making them feel comfortable, and uh, just preparing everybody um, for an evening of great music. And, of course, he also um, was not averse to uh, playing tunes that were um, maybe a little more easy to understand, 
Um, and that would bring the audience in, and of course, then then they'd lay the heavy stuff on, on it because then people were prepared for it. He knew how to pace a set so well, and uh, when you went to a performance by Julian Cannonball Adderley and his group, um, you really were in for a treat, and uh, it was uh, always you you always left with something to remember. Um, from that, he was he was quite an incredible musician and died far too young. Passed away, um, basically of of uh, a heart attack in 1975, and uh, he was born in in Florida in 1928. So he was a young man basically when he um, when he left the planet, and uh, it was a great loss to the jazz community. Anyway, this album is called An Introduction to Jazz, and that's exactly what it is. It's an overview. It's not a, a, an in-depth history, but I think it's important um, because it does um, give you a, an overview of the evolution of the music up to a point. Uh, the album, of course, is finite. It ends uh, around 1960, and of course a lot happened in jazz music after 1960. It's too bad. My two regrets on this album uh, it's too bad that Cannonball wasn't uh, asked to do an update um, maybe every five years or so, uh, a similar kind of thing, which would have been great. Um, and the other uh, small quibble is that uh, this particular album was issued by a small independent jazz uh, label, and they didn't have access uh, or couldn't really afford the royalties th- um, to um, bring in lots of albums by other artists. So they had to use what they had in their catalog as uh, recorded examples that um, when Cannonball uh, mentions a musician, then they give you a recorded example of that. It could have been, uh, later on, it would have been broadened, of course. Uh, if it was done for a larger label, they would have had the finances to do that. But other than those limitations, this is really good. Now, Cannonball was um, a brilliant man. Um, I counted him as one of my very good friends, and um, I learned a lot uh, from my um, co- talks with, uh, with, with Cannonball. And I, I got some uh, informal saxophone lessons from him, too, and some really, really important tips. And uh, I treasure that. And I treasured his uh, just knowing the man. He was uh, absolutely brilliant. But he was a prodigy. Um, he graduated from college um, while still in his teens and uh, taught high school in, in, um, in Florida. And, uh, um, of course, he taught band. And um, this was when he was <laughs> 19, 20 years old, uh, which, is, which is quite amazing. And he was also playing uh, brilliantly in those young years. He wasn't known by, at that time, uh, but he was, um, uh, he was known in his area. And, of course, word got around about this uh, fabulous uh, alto saxophonist, and his very talented brother, Nat, who played the uh, cornet and the trumpet. Um, They both became very well-known around the Tallahassee area in in Florida, and then, of course, the word about their talents spread. 
But it wasn't until Cannonball went to New York in 1955 on a summer vacation from school and sat in with some important musicians that his whole world changed <laughs> by that time. And, of course, um, he became uh, famous. It's, it's almost like a, 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 a good movie, a very positive movie could be made of uh, Cannonball's life. And uh, there you go. Anyhow, um, he certainly knew how to communicate and talk, and this is what we're going to listen to on this recording. This is an introduction to jazz narrated by Julian Cannonball Adderley. So sit back. Even if you've heard this before, listen to all the names that he mentions, and you may want to explore, um, maybe write a few down, and uh, explore their music because it's so easily available now with the uh, with the internet and all the technology we have. So enjoy this, an introduction to jazz, Julian Cannonball, Adderley. just heard two very different sounding examples of the American music called jazz. This record is concerned with telling you and letting you hear something about what jazz is. Not in a music lesson way, but something about what jazz sounds like and why it sounds that way and about some of the many people who've played it and are playing it today. So it seems a good idea to begin by letting you hear these two samples. The first was what jazz sounded like back in the 1920s, which was long before your time. Although I'm sure you've heard of one of the musicians on that record, Louis Armstrong, who was a very young man then. Following that was a little of a record made just a couple of years ago. And one of the musicians on that one happens to be me. The first is called Chimes Blues, and mine is Barefoot Sunday Blues. These two selections must have sounded very unalike. And of course, in many ways, they are very different from each other because a great many things can change in music and in the whole world, for that matter, in almost 40 years. But in two ways, those two different pieces of music are really very similar. For one thing, both are blues, which means that they have the same musical form. The melody of both is 12 bars long. And even more important is something that I hope you were able to hear in both of them. A feeling of sadness in the first example and happiness in the second. For one of the most important things that almost all music is concerned with, and for that matter, almost all stories and paintings, is the way people feel about things. Their emotions. You feel like laughing when you're very happy or smiling when you're pleased or crying when you're very unhappy. A painter or a writer or dancer or singer or a musician 
is very often expressing feelings like those. Of course, it's not quite that simple, but one thing that you should remember in listening to this album and to any jazz you hear anywhere is that jazz is very much a matter of people expressing their feelings, their thoughts, their ideas about life, and doing it through their music. Back at the beginning of this century, in the very early 1900s, there was no such thing as jazz. But there were, in many parts of America, and particularly in the South, a lot of different kinds of music that were soon to lead to the beginning of jazz. Rhythm, a definite musical beat, is a basic part of jazz. To some extent, you can trace this back to the drum music of Africa, from where slaves were first brought to America centuries ago. Chances are that the music of Africa hasn't changed too much, so that this recent example of Congo drumming is a good deal like that of long ago. Working hard in the fields have always depended on rhythm to make their job seem easier, or at least to seem to move along more regularly. Add a melody and repeated phrases, and you have a work song. And it often doesn't sound too different from the blues. Here's an early blues singer named Blind Lemon Jefferson, singing a sort of work song blues that might have begun long ago in a southern sugarcane field. kinds of music, like brass band marches and spirituals, also played a part. And there were also the very catchy melodies of a kind of music called ragtime. Here's Scott Joplin, one of the most famous ragtime composers and piano players, and his best-known tune, Maple Leaf Rag, which you've probably heard before.
Now, all of these pieces didn't suddenly fit together one day and call themselves jazz. As a matter of fact, although there have been lots of stories about that word jazz, no one seems really sure where the word comes from or when people started using it. But early in the 1900s, in the city of New Orleans, small groups of musicians were playing a music that had many of those before jazz sounds in it. Let's listen again to part of that chimes blues we heard at the start of this record and see if you can hear some of those sounds in it. The band that played Chimes Blues was led by a famous trumpet player named Joe Oliver, but known as King Oliver. King, as you might imagine, means that he was considered the very best. Music was a very important part of life in New Orleans. The early jazz bands played in parades and at weddings and other big occasions, and it was no small honor to be known as King. But musicians, like all show business people, usually don't stay too long in one place. After a while, these musicians and their jazz began to move on, and King Oliver was one of many who went north to Chicago, which became the next big jazz center. But since our story is going to travel to different cities and through many years right up to the present, before we move on from New Orleans, we should point out that many musicians stayed right there, and those stayers and many of the movers continued to play jazz in pretty much the same early style. Listen to two records made about 20 years after Chimes Blues. The first is by a stayer, clarinetist George Lewis, playing a spiritual, the old 
Rugged Cross. The second is a blues played by Sidney Bechet, who was such a mover that he ended up in France and who was the most famous player of a seldom used instrument, much like the clarinet, the soprano saxophone. In Chicago, jazz was no longer so much a part of community life. There were no jazz band parades. But in Chicago in the 1920s, you could have heard a great many men and women who were the star entertainers of their day. Let's sample the music of some of them, beginning with a man known as Jelly Roll Morton. Jelly Roll was a piano player and a band leader and a songwriter and was also widely known for his flashy clothes and as one of the most boastful talkers ever. But his music was pretty flashy too, as in this piano solo of a tune of his called Perfect Rag. This was also a time when blues singing was very popular, especially such moving and deep-voiced singers as Bessie Smith, and also Ma Rainey, who we'll hear now. I'll set on fire 
Among the changes in jazz that were taking place in the 1920s was that it was being heard and played by more and more people. The musicians you've heard so far on this record have all been Negroes. But in Chicago, there were many white jazz musicians. Some of them were from New Orleans, too. And all of them certainly had listened to Oliver and Dodds and Louis Armstrong. Listen first to the band called the New Orleans Rhythm Kings and a bit of the Maple Leaf Rag and then to the beautiful trumpet of the famous Big Spiderbeck, who grew up not far from Chicago and who is playing the Royal Garden Blues, a tune which just happens to get its title from the Royal Gardens nightclub, where King Oliver's band played. Although we haven't talked much about the instruments used in playing jazz, you might have been able to notice that there's almost always a piano, drums, and either a tuba, or, as is always used now, a bass fiddle to keep the basic rhythm going. And the melody is usually played by such brass instruments as trumpet and trombone, and such reed instruments as clarinet and saxophone. Well, towards the end of the 1920s, Partly because jazz was often played for dancing in big ballrooms, more brass and reed instruments began to be added to jazz bands. The same kind of instruments as before, that is, but more of them, making bigger bands. Another thing that was happening towards the end of the 1920s was that Louis Armstrong, the young trumpet player who had been almost a pupil of King Oliver and had joined him in Chicago, was becoming the most famous and important of all jazz musicians. One of the first of the big jazz bands was led by a man named Fletcher Henderson, and it happened that Louis played for a while in that band. Still another thing that should be noticed is that solos began to become a very important part of jazz, meaning that instead of everyone playing together, as it happened most of the time with a man like King Oliver's, there were more and more times when a single instrumentalist, assisted by the rhythm instruments, would play his own variations of the melody. That, basically, is improvising, one of the words you hear most often in connection with jazz, and meaning creating your own music to some extent instead of sticking to the written down notes. 
which of course is part of the expressing your feelings through music idea that we pointed to at the beginning as so important a part of jazz. There has been improvisation in jazz almost from the start, but Armstrong can really be called the first great soloist, the man who first made the individual solo the most exciting and interesting part of a jazz performance. We can get some idea of all three points, big bands, Louis Armstrong, and solos by listening to Fletcher Henderson's orchestra in a recording with a solo by Louis. Jazz was certainly not staying in any one city all this time. Talented musicians could be heard in many places. For example, in New York, there was an unusual young piano player named Fats Waller, who also liked to sing in his own way, and who was one of the most funny performers of any kind. Listen to what he could do with something like Stephen Foster's Oh Susanna. In that growth of big bands, which became very important in the 1930s, no one was more essential than band leader and composer Duke Ellington. His first band may not sound too different from what you've heard so far, but it was the beginning of a very new form of jazz in which the big, rich sounds of a whole orchestra were used to express the ideas and feelings of this one man. Decide for yourself whether this early, not too big, Duke Ellington band sounds like something different.
The story of jazz is very much a story of great individual performers, particularly those who were imaginative enough to do things that no musician had thought of before them. Louis Armstrong was one of them, of course, but in some ways, a man named Coleman Hawkins is even more remarkable. At least Louis had been able to learn from other trumpet players. But Coleman Hawkins plays tenor saxophone. He was a member of that Fletcher Henderson band you heard a little way back. And the saxophone had really been added mostly to help create that bigger, fuller dance band kind of sound. But Hawkins made the saxophone into a true jazz instrument simply by inventing a style of playing that produced wonderful original solos, thus showing the way for all the saxophonists who came along later, for which all of us are thankful. Hawkins is still playing, and still playing fascinating jazz, as on this tune called Think Deep, recorded just a few years ago. <laughs> The 1930s were the swing era, with big orchestras like those of Benny Goodman and Ellington and Count Basie and many others, playing a music that was much smoother and more carefully written down and more suitable for dancing than any earlier jazz had been. Swing referred mostly to that kind of easily rocking rhythm, whether fast or slow, but it was still jazz still a music that expressed emotions and had a place in it for the musical variations of an individual soloist. Often, however, it was when the men who played in the big orchestras were able to make records with smaller groups that they were able to feel closest to the kind of jazz feeling they liked best. For example, here is a small jazz group led by a trumpeter named Buck Clayton, who was with Count Basie's orchestra followed by another small group that includes musicians who regularly played in Duke Ellington's big band. 
in the 1940s, there began to be another change in the form and sound of jazz, possibly the biggest change of all so far. It involved different ways of dealing with rhythms and harmony and even with melody. And it often called for much more musical schooling than had been needed to play jazz earlier. So for one thing, it sounded very strange indeed when first heard. Strange not only to the public, but also to older jazz musicians. And for another thing, it is harder to discuss or describe without getting into technical or complicated musical language. But bebop, which was the first name given to this new kind of music, and the other forms which have followed it, have come to be the accepted forms of jazz today. Really, the only kind of jazz that most of today's musicians, like myself, find a true and effective way of expressing ourselves. Modern jazz was largely created by the musical thinking and experimenting of such men as alto saxophonist Charlie Parker, trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, and pianist Thelonious Monk. Listen to this example, a Thelonious Monk composition titled Epistrophe. The composer is at the piano, and the others include a very strongly rhythmic modern drummer, Art Blakey and two remarkable tenor saxophonists. One is Coleman Hawkins, who we first noted in the 1920s, and the other is a most inventive young modernist named John Coltrane. listening to modern jazz, you are bound to be confused by all the many names of performers and of styles, you know, cool jazz, soul music, hard bop, and lots more, none of which I intend to try to explain. The point is that today's jazz is still in the midst of being formed and reformed. The earlier forms, even though in some cases they are still being played today, can be looked at a bit more clearly since they are settled and won't be changing anymore. I can only recommend that you listen to records wherever you can and as much as you can, and I can mention a few of the many current names you will come across in your listening. There are trumpet players like Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis, and a great many younger men, including my brother, Nat Adderley. Listening to a bit of his work here will also give you a touch of two instruments we haven't mentioned before guitar and cello. The guitar has always been around in jazz. It was the instrument accompanying the blues of Blind Lemon Jefferson. But in today's jazz, it is more often played as a melody instrument, as if it were a horn, rather than as part of the rhythm, particularly when it is played by so inventive a guitarist as the one you can hear now, Wes Montgomery. 
Cello hasn't been mentioned because it is rarely a jazz instrument, except when a talented bass player, such as Sam Jones, makes use of it. Tenor saxophone is a widely popular jazz horn, and among the most important young musicians using it are John Coltrane, who we mentioned a moment ago, and Sonny Rollins, who really doesn't sound too different from Coleman Hawkins, but is obviously an artist with ideas all his own. You should keep your ears open for many others, too. J.J. Johnson, who plays trombone. A fascinating group called the Modern Jazz Quartet, who have devoted much of their thinking and playing to bringing jazz closer to concert hall music. And a great many pianists, such as Dave Brubeck and Ahmad Jamal, and a young man with a really beautiful piano sound, Bill Evans, who we'll listen to now. Most of today's jazz is played by small groups, but there have been and still are several large orchestras. Some of the most famous big band leaders of the modern period include Stan Kenton, 
Duke Ellington, who is still going strong, and Woody Herman. Here, for example, is what a recent Herman orchestra sounds like. Singing has always been closely connected with instrumental jazz. In the early days of New Orleans and Chicago jazz, there were the blues singers, like Blind Lemon Jefferson and Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey. The swing period had its singers, like Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald, who is still one of the most enjoyable singers you could hope to hear. And in the present jazz period, several singers have attempted to express the same sort of newer and freer feeling as the instrumental musicians are doing. Probably the most successful has been Sarah Vaughan, who really has to be thought of as being as much of a musician and an improvising soloist as if she were playing a horn. I keep wishing I was somewhere else Walking down a strange new street Hearing words that I have never heard from a man I've yet to meet I'm as busy as a spider Spinning daydreams I'm as giddy as a baby on a swing I haven't seen a crocus Or a rosebud Or a robin Of course, today's jazz is very different from yesterday's. Just as the latest model automobiles look very different from a Model T Ford. But there are many similarities, and one way of emphasizing them might be to listen to a modern jazz group playing the same sort of tune that was played by New Orleans bands. Listen to an old spiritual, Wade in the Water, as recorded in 1960 by a band led by tenor saxophonist Johnny Griffin. Thank you. 
Even when the tune is a brand new one, the jazz spirit can be very much the same as it has always been. I think that my band, if it is being successful in playing what we feel, means very much the same to people who hear us as the jazz groups of the 20s, or 30s, or 40s meant to their listeners, or as some very different sounding jazz musicians of the 1970s and the 80s and the 90s are going to mean to you and your children. Here is a final sample is one of our recent numbers. I hope that you have enjoyed this introduction to jazz and that it has given you some understanding of what this particular kind of American music is all about. I know and I want you to realize that this has not been any complete history. There's only been time to touch upon some of the highlights and some of the important points. I've had to leave out many details and a great many important ideas and great many names in the jazz story. But perhaps this album has started you towards an interest in this music and has made you curious and ready to start listening to what is to me and many others a most important and fascinating part of American music and life. I certainly hope it has.
our jazz feature this evening, and I hope you enjoyed it, the, an introduction to jazz, narrated by the great alto saxophonist, band leader, raconteur, Julian Cannonball Adderley. And uh, that last piece of music to uh, close the whole thing was from uh, a wonderful album called Cannon Ball, Cannonball, <laughs> sorry, Cannonball Takes Charge. And uh, that featured, of course, Mr. Adderley on alto saxophone playing his own composition, The Barefoot Sunday Blues, with Winton Kelly on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Percy's brother, Albert Tootie Heath on drums. And, of course, um, once again, I hope you enjoyed an introduction to jazz. It's, um, I always play this record every year. It's kind of a tradition on the jazz show. And uh, there's always something to learn from um, this kind of recording, even though it does end um, in 1960. And, of course, a lot of things happen after that in jazz music. Um, the coming of um, what they call free jazz, avant-garde jazz with Ornette Coleman, Cecil Taylor, Eric Dolphy, people like that. And then later on, the, uh, the introduction of uh, electronic instruments in jazz with, uh, uh, that were you know, brought into being by Miles Davis and, and uh, various other bands, which led to, of course, um, Herbie Hancock's uh, Headhunters Band and uh, weather report and all that sort of stuff. I always regretted that um, Mr. Adderley wasn't asked uh, every five years or so to sort of uh, up- update um, this uh, type of recording and, uh, and of course, add, add to it with uh, um, the developments and um, even better recorded examples than the ones you've heard, although they weren't too bad. Uh, but they were limited by the small label um, that this recording originated on, and uh, they didn't have the money to pay all the royalties that would have been demanded um, using uh, examples of all the musicians that that Mr. Adderley mentioned. So uh, it was kind of restricted to albums and music that was on that particular label, which was Riverside Records. Anyhow, as I said, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we're, we're going to do it all again next year <laughs> for a whole new group of people that maybe have never heard this particular recording. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we're, we live stream on... Uh, your computer, which is uh, citr.ca. And we shall be back in a very few moments with some more music. And we'll tell you what it is when we play it. What are you doing on Sunday, September 29th? Come down to the Vancouver Convention Center East Building to check out the Study and Go Abroad Fair. It's free, and it's a great opportunity to find out how you can boost your resume by studying abroad, working abroad, or learning a language. Come early at 12 noon to catch our feature seminar on scholarships. For more information, check online at www.studyandgoabroad.com.
Well, we'll have a brief look at the weather. We're talking about overviews this evening, and uh, we're going to overview the weather. Tonight, uh, it was clear and then became partly cloudy, and uh, there is a chance of a shower this evening, a 60% chance of that, and uh, a little windy as well with a low of 12. And then tomorrow, uh, rain will uh, wrap up in the morning, then Later on, it will be cloudy with some scattered showers throughout the day and a little bit windy with uh, lows at 12 and highs up to about 15. Not much change in temperature. Wednesday looks pretty good. A mix of sun and cloud with a low of 12 and a high of 18. And Thursday looks very nice, too. A mix of sun and cloud with a low of 12 and a high of 17. So that's, uh, that's kind of nice. And uh, Friday is going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 13 and a high of 18. And then back to a mix of sun and cloud for Saturday with a low of 12 and a high of 20. And Sunday is going to be cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 12 and a high of 19. So some really pleasant moments in the weather and, uh, you know, kind of for this time of year, uh, kind of inconsistent but, you know, I'm wondering where summer went. Summer left without really saying goodbye. But you never know the weather in Vancouver. Sometimes we get a little blast of summer um, after this sort of unsettled period. Maybe it'll happen, but not this week. <laughs> okay. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. We haven't quite finished with Julian Cannonball Adderley. We're going to play a couple of tracks from what many consider one of the finest albums ever recorded in the history of jazz. This is an album under Cannonball Adderley's leadership with Miles Davis as a sideman. This was a very rare occasion, but Miles held Cannonball Adderley in utmost esteem. And, of course, Cannonball, um, not long after this recording, became a, a regular part of Miles Davis's sextet, where uh, Miles had Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, uh, John Coltrane on tenor, um, Philly Joe Jones on drums, etc., etc. And, of course, uh, later on, 
uh, basically that same band with Bill Evans on piano and, and uh, Paul Chambers on bass. And uh, Jimmy Cobb went on to make, of course, one of the most iconic albums in jazz music, and that, of course, was Kind of Blue. Anyway, this uh, preceded all that. This album was issued on Blue Note Records, and it's a hand-picked band by Cannonball. He asked Miles to be on here, and Miles agreed, and, uh, which was um, surprising, I think, even for, uh, for uh, Cannonball Adderley, um, despite Miles' respect for him. And uh, then he picked the wonderful elder statesman of the Jones Detroit, the musical Jones family from Detroit, Hank Jones on piano, Sam Jones on bass, no relation. Sam was one of Cannonball's homeboys from Florida. And on drums, the great Art Blakey. So that's the quintet. Cannonball Adderley, alto saxophone, Miles Davis on trumpet, Hank Jones piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. We're going to hear two tunes. The first one is dedicated to the weather and the kind of weather we're having right now. And this is a very famous version of a tune called Autumn Leaves. And we're going to follow that up with a Cole Porter tune played by the band called Love for Sale. So here then is this magical quintet from this Blue Note album called Something Else.
Thank you.
Ah, yes, the unmistakable voice of Miles Davis asking the head honcho of Blue Note Records if uh, the music was what he wanted. (laughs) It was what uh, everybody wanted, so I I added an extra track to um, the two that I uh, originally stated I was going to play on this uh, marvelous album, which is considered to be one of the finest um, of all Blue Note Records albums. It's right up there. And, of course, it is. It's, it's, um, it's a, a classic album. And the leader, of course, is Julian Cannonball Adderley, the great alto saxophonist who did our jazz feature this evening. And Miles Davis 
as a sideman on this date, and um, which was rare enough. And of course, Miles' contribution uh, was immense on this recording, as well as Cannonball and everybody else. Hank Jones on piano, Sam Jones, no relation, on bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. And we heard three tunes from this album. Of course, the opening track dedicated to this time of year. And uh, yes, Autumn Leaves. Then we move to uh, Cole Porter's great tune called Love for Sale. And tune number three was called One for Daddy-O. And Daddy-O was a great jazz disc jockey out of Chicago. His name was Daddy-O Daly. And uh, he played all the hippest jazz records. And so all the musicians knew him because he had uh, all the musicians on his show. Um, he would interview everybody and, and play their music as well. So he was very popular in his day, Daddy O'Daly. So that's what that tune uh, w- uh, or who that tune was dedicated to, written by Cannonball Adderley's brother, Nat. One for Daddy O. So these three tunes. And, of course, all of this was recorded in March of 1958 for Blue Note Records, and the album is called Something Else, Cannonball Adderley. We're going to celebrate a birthday anniversary right now. A great raconteur, singer, composer. He did all kinds of stuff. He was a lyricist. Uh, He was involved with one of the most popular groups in jazz called Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. Um, We'll be hearing some of their music later on. I'm talking about John Hendricks. And John Hendricks was born today in 1921, and he passed away in November of 2017. Had a good long life and um, was um, quite an amazing talent. And, of course, uh, um, being a lyricist and a singer, uh, he just had that way of uh, phrasing that was unmistakably jazz. Now, there's lots of singers in this world, and some of them can never sing jazz. Now, John Hendricks didn't have the greatest singing voice, but it was, it's just his, his phrasing and what he did with that that uh, marked him as a jazz singer. So we're going to play a few tracks from a very rare album called A Good Get Together. And um, there's a whole bunch of people involved here uh, on this album, including uh, Wes Montgomery and Cannonball Adderley, once again, is uh, involved here. Um, There's some other people, Buddy Montgomery on piano, Brother Monk Montgomery on Fender Bass, and Jimmy Wormworth on drums, and uh, some other people as well, but mostly John Hendricks, and uh, this is uh, more a tribute to him. Uh, he he's actually the leader on here, and he gathered all these all these musicians to to play. Uh, including uh, one of my favorite uh, alto saxophonists, 
Uh, I mean, Cannonball Adderley is one of them, but there's another one on uh, some of the tracks on here. And he was a local San Francisco musician by the name of Pony Poindexter. And uh, he's heard on a couple of tunes. So we're going to play some tunes from this album, a good get-together with uh, John Hendricks. And we're going to open up with a tune called Music in the Air. And it was uh, composed by Gigi Grice and um, Hendrix um, put the words to it and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to hear actually Pony Poindexter solo on here on alto saxophone, Wes Montgomery on guitar, and um, John Hendrix, of course, and pianist uh, Guido Mahoney's um, takes Buddy Montgomery's place on this track. So we're going to open with Music in the Air, and uh, then we're going to go to another tune called Social Call, written by the same composer, Gigi Grice, and uh, this is a really neat tune as well. And then a funny tune that Hendrix put, uh, that wrote, um, kind of in the style of uh, uh, Louis Jordan, and the tune is called Feed Me, and maybe one other tune. We'll see. Anyway, this is from, as I said, a very rare album called A Good Get-Together. So here's John Hendricks. Music in the air can be heard wherever you go. Every breeze through a tree can conceivably be a song you know. Music in the air can be heard all over the town. Every tweet of a bird has an often unheard melodic sound. Old Mother Nature wrote a symphony tune that she plays in a number of ways in the whole world. There's a wonderful place that makes you so delighted to face that music in the air. It relieves your worry and care. You will never feel low just as long as you know there's music in the air. Thank you. 
Tune that she plays in a number of ways And the whole world is a wonderful place That makes you so delighted to face that music in the air It relieves your worry and care You will never feel low just as long as you know There's music in the air your doorway gave you a buzz that's all lately i've thought lots about you so i thought i'd be a social call do you recall the old days we used to have a ball not that i'm lonesome without you i just thought i'd be a social call i'd lie and say things are just swell but to tell the truth I haven't been too well If I should try to kiss you Promise that you won't stall Maybe we'll get back together Starting from this incidental Elemental, simple social call To tell the truth, I haven't been too well. If I should try to kiss you, promise that you won't stall. Maybe we'll get back together, starting from this incidental, elemental, simple social call. Simple social call. How do you do that? Kiss me tenderly, just sit me down and serve me so large steak and chocolate cake. Just feed me until I want no more, cause the way to my heart is through my stomach. 
Don't smile and stroke my hair. Don't whisper in my ear. Just sit me down and serve me a hot baked ham and candy cam. Just feed me until I want no more. Cause the way to my heart is through my stomach. You can make love to me every day. It's really fine, it knocks me out, but I'd rather make a jawbone play. Don't cuddle up and do. Don't pitch no dog that's woo. Just sit me down and serve me ham on rye and apple pie. Just feed me until I want no more. Cause the way to my heart is my stomach. I like your hair, but they don't compare with shrimps and rice. Don't cuddle up and coo. I don't pitch no dog pass woo. Just sit me down and serve me turnip greens and navy beans. Just feed me until I want no more. Cause the way to my heart is my stomach. Yes, the way to my heart is my stomach. That's right. The way to my heart is right through the alimentary canal. Don't be giving them sweet words. Give me something neat. Montgomery plunk and guitar strings. Drummer Walter Bolden really playing them things. Monk Montgomery on the fender bass. A little pony really riding all over the place. Well, it's a good get together, I sing. It's a good get together, hear me sing. Well, at a good get together, ain't nothing else to do but swing. 
West Montgomery struck a bluesy groove. Walter picked it up and it began to move. Gildo Monk and Pony really played that thing. There was nothing I could do. I had to go on and sing. Well, it's a good get together, I sing. It's a good get together, yeah, we sing. Well, it's a good get together. Ain't nothing else to do but swing. Wanna well, swing, Pony? Mighty brothers just left the room. An alto and a trumpet, they was gigging on the Zoom. They lit a mighty fire and it burned us all. So we're still here cooking and we're having a ball. Cause it's a good get together, you may sing. It's a good get together, you may sing. Well, at a good get together, ain't nothing else to do but swing. Yes, at a good get together, ain't nothing else to do but swing. Ain't nothing else to do but swing at a good get together. When you get to one of them good get togethers, ain't nothing else to do but swing. Well, there ain't nothing else to do but swing. When you get to one of them good get togethers, there ain't nothing else to do but swing. Yeah! Well, I guess you've gathered that that's the title track of that album. It's called A Good Get-Together, and there's a whole bunch of people uh, involved on here, but mostly we heard um, playing the alto saxophone was the uh, wonderful San Francisco-based musician, originally from New Orleans, but uh, he lived in San Francisco for many years and part of the local scene, Pony Poindexter on alto. And there was also a few moments by um, the Adderley brothers. They were guests, and... um, you heard uh, the melody on the very first tune played by Cannonball Adderley, but then the solo later on in the tune was by Pony Poindexter. And the other people involved, Walter Bolden on drums, uh, Gildo Mahoney's on piano, um, Wes Montgomery, of course, on guitar, 
and uh, Big Brother Monk Montgomery on Fender Bass. So we heard four tunes uh, from this album. We heard Music in the Air, which was written by uh, a great composer, alto saxophonist Gigi Grice. Uh, Then we followed by another Gigi Grice composition called Social Call. And uh, then we heard a John Hendricks original (laughs) called Feed Me. And the final tune uh, was a good get-together. And he just uh, put that together um, on the recording date in honor of all the great musicians that were performing with him. So that's a little taste of, uh, of John Hendricks' uh, talents, and um, hope you enjoyed that uh, album, which originally came out on Pacific Jazz Records. And uh, it's not exactly uh, a common one, but it's a good one. And a happy date, too. John Hendricks, a good get-together. Now, of course, he became part of one of the most famous and best-loved vocal groups in jazz, and uh, he formed that with um, Dave Lambert, who uh, did a lot of the arrangements uh, for the band, uh, and the great Annie Ross, who is still very much with us. She lives in England now, and, of course, uh, John Hendricks. So Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross... And, of course, they were really one of the original jazz vocal groups. And um, they really set the standard. And the, uh, the people involved here, uh, Ike Isaacs is the bass player. Gilda Mahoney's is the regular pianist. And um, on drums, I believe it's um, Jimmy Wormworth on drums. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Walter Bolden on drums. There you go. We're going to hear a few tunes from this album called Everybody's Boppin' and uh, some famous tunes that actually feature John Hendricks. And um, the first one was written by the great pianist Bobby Timmons. And this is a vocal version of his immortal tune called Monin'. Then we're going to hear a John Hendricks original, which is kind of funny and enjoyable. It's called Give Me That Wine. And then we're going to end with a virtuoso piece by John called Cloudburst. So three tunes by Lambert, Hendricks, and Ross. Every morning find me moaning Yes, Lord Cause of all the trouble I see Yes, Lord Life's a losing gamble to me Yes, Lord Cares and woes have got me moaning Yes, Lord Every evening find me moaning Yes, Lord I'm alone and crying the blues Yes, Lord I'm so tired of paying these dues Yes, Lord Everybody knows I'm moaning. Yes, Lord. Lord, I spent plenty of days and nights along with my grief, along with my grief. Lord, I pray, really, truly pray, somebody will come and make me free. Every morning, find me moaning. Yes, Lord. 
Because of all the trouble I see Yes, Lord Life's a losing gamble to me Yes, Lord Cares and woes have got me moaning Yes, Lord find me moaning yes lord i'm alone and crying the blues yes lord i'm so tired of paying these dues yes lord everybody knows i'm moaning yes lord lord i try really and truly try to find some relief find some relief lord i spent plenty of days and nights along with my tired of me running around so she tried to keep me home well she broke my nose and hid my clothes but i continued to roam then she finally hit my weak spot threatened to throw my bottle out well from the basement to the rooftop everybody could hear me shout give me that wine oh give me that wine yeah give me that wine because i can't cut loose without my juice I got to have hot Lucy when I go walking, you know. Well, one day while crossing the avenue, a big car knocked me down. While I was stretched out, tying up traffic, and crowds came for blocks around. Now the police were searching my pockets before they sent me to the funeral parlor. But when one of them cops took my bottle, Jack, I jumped straight up and commenced to holler. Give me that wine. That oh, give me that wine. Give me that wine, cause I can't get well without muscatel. I only drink for medicinal purposes anyway. Well, now one real dark and dreary night as I was staggering home to bed. Well, the bandit jumped from the shadows and put a blackjack side my head. That cat took my watch, my ring, my money, and I didn't make a sound. But when he reached and got my bottle, you could hear me for blocks around. Give me that wine. Oh, give me that wine. Give me that wine. Beat my head out of shape, but leave my grape. Watch ringing money ain't nothing. Don't mess with my wine, Jim. Well, one day my house caught fire while I was laying down sleeping off a nap. And when I woke up, everything was burning with a pop and a crackle and a snap. Now the fireman chopped up my TV set and tore my apartment apart. But when he raised his axe to my bottle, I screamed with all my heart. Give me that wine. Oh, give me that wine. Give me that wine. So I can drink one toast before I roast. No sense in going out half-baked, mine will be all to 
you could take all those Hollywood glamour girls, Lana Turner, Rita Hayworth, Brigitte Balto, and Lucille Ball, and all them chicks, and line them upside the wall. Put a gigantic jug beside them, and tell me to take my choice, or there'd be no doubt which one I chose. The minute I raise my voice, give me that wine. look fine but i love my wine now some folks like money some like to dance and dine but i'll be happy if you give me that wine give me that wine Unhand that heard three tunes from this classic album by Lambert Hendricks and Ross, all featuring John Hendricks, of course, in the lead. Um, Dave Lambert, of course, was the arranger and the other vocalist in the band, and of course the great Annie Ross, uh, which made up Lambert Hendricks and Ross. And we're paying tribute to um, the late, great John Hendricks because it's his birthday anniversary today, September 16th. So we opened this set with uh, Bobby Timmons' Monin, and, uh, of course, with John in the lead. Um, and the trumpet solo on that one tune was by the great Harry Sweets Edison. Then we move to uh, John's uh, tune called Give Me That Wine. And uh, 
displaying his sense of humor and all that kind of stuff and irreverency. And uh, that's tune number two. And tune number three, of course, was uh, uh, a virtuoso <laughs> uh, rendition of uh, how, to, how, how to sing lyrics really fast. And uh, that tune was called Cloudburst, and that featured the trio. And the people uh, backing up uh, Lambert Hendricks and Ross, uh, Gildo Mahoney's on piano, Ike Isaacs on bass, and Walter Bolden on drums. From this Columbia album called Everybody's Boppin'. And, of course, Lambert Hendricks and Ross really set the standard for jazz vocal groups, and a lot of people uh, over the years have imitated them. They were real pioneers in that field. We're going to take a final tribute to John Hendricks, but he's going to invite some guests here, and he's going to do a version uh, of... um, one of the tunes from one of the most famous of all jazz albums, Kind of Blue. And we're going to hear a vocal version of the tune written by Miles Davis called Freddie Freeloader. And that's, uh, that's from the famous Kind of Blue album. And this features John Hendricks with a couple of other very distinguished vocalists, including Al Jarreau, the late Al Jarreau, and Bobby McFerrin. And it's kind of interesting here. Um, Bobby McFerrin sings Wynton Kelly's uh, piano solo, which is, of course, on the original record. Al Jarreau sings Miles Davis's solo. And John Hendricks... Um, as he says modestly, I attempt John Coltrane's tenor saxophone solo, since attempt is all one <laughs> can really hope for with a John Coltrane solo. And um, George Benson plays the Cannonball Adderley solo from that album. And the people in the rhythm section, Tommy Flanagan on piano, George Moraz on bass, and the original drummer on Kind of Blue, the wonderful Jimmy Cobb, who is still alive and well, the only original member from uh, that famous group that recorded Kind of Blue. So this is Freddie Freeloader, Bobby McFerrin, Al Jarreau, George Benson, and John Hendricks. Good looking, yet has 
What's on credit? He can't stand some. Cause I pay trees is what he does. Grill the most men. It's better the rock than cats they come in. Cause Freddy really does not think of people. Let the cats drink every drop. Why he thinks of it nonstop. So cats are locked up in his bar. With throats dry. Knowing that that's the best part that he can tell and get you high. Without ever worrying about baby. Baby, that'll go for the cat that's worried about the squids. So you never even have to ever think about it. Just settle on time to some drink and your tabs up it. Let the good times roll. And for me, another drink is a dust of old Freddy. A cat that's happened where it was and where it's at. It used to be such a solid stone pillow. The church it used to be sanctified. He had his religion. But now it's the devil's own dirty dust that spins and spirit. Meanwhile, if it's under his under the tiny smidgen. So turn it up and settle a breakdown with his ground. And now my catheters that help make some stuff for me. So these days it fall apart. It's such a brew you need another one to help you bring you to. Why do you say that? Speaking to Fred, he's got the ugly kind of face that only a mom can love. And I know Freddy don't play that. There's this cat. His name is Freddy. This cat's a bartender. Well known by anyone here. Can mix the kind of drink that you won't forget. One sip and you'll flip. Then for chances, Freddy got some stuff for hip lips. Groovy stuff for your cup. Let the flow go. Get down. Drink it up. I swear he made it up himself. And it'll hypnotize an elf. Them drinks that Freddy mix. He's known to have you ossified before you know you even try. Just mention his name. All the cats know Freddy. He serves one. So Freddy deserves one. Often then by the way that Freddy does, he claims it unnerves one. So all the juicers all paid Freddy, but all that bread don't reach the till. Though I ain't saying Freddy's dealing, if you know him at all, then it's a cinch that you know he will ever ready Freddy. Well, he pours so steady. One drink for the next cat was ready. He's got a style that's so well known. Freddy's on touch, really too much. It's all his own. Speaking of Freddy, who the hell is he? What is ready to me? And what is this I hear about the kind of a bar he tends? So he tends a groovy bar, so they all forget it. To me, it could mean anything. And I was calling some food, let it. I've had a little with Freddy. I look at Freddy's really heady. You know that I'm all making on a villain's mind unsteady. It's in the book. You can read it if you're ever sober enough to want to take a look. You, you settle in an alcoholic use and get an idiot and all the sort around her because I'm sucking up the juice and it ain't never gonna ever you lose. She's stupid, Robbie. She's all in your head. Catch it, do what you do with it. Remember that. 
Now you know, so take it slow. You find you want to have a long road, oh. And so I say you got to play another way. You ought to add a little depth to your attitude and exercise your mind. If you do, you probably will find that payment doesn't provide an illusion. Goes up and goes down is off the side, I tell you. While we're rolling on our ass, I'll lift a thousand miles a minute, probably think it's standing still. When you think of that, it's kind of peculiar. Even so, you ought to know. But I'll call it hitting up your brain. Otherwise, you wouldn't function quite slow. Maybe there's a lot of value, but I'm on a revelation. Don't resist your body serving as a color blind, secreting your immortal soul. Oh, what bliss. You're free, you're free, really are. Just doing your heart and your mind to your soul. That's the goal. And the soul is the one you hate. Food for thought is all about it you need. That'll give you the sky and keep you high forever. And lots of people tend to think. All they have to do is light a joint or take a drink For them to reach the same euphoric drink Forget it, it never will be so Cause alcohol and them narcotics will never do the trick You gotta do it like you said Or mess your body up and shoot the stuff and get sick Don't ever listen to your intellect Cause it'll let the light of the spirit There, I know it may be over you clear Remember, only open up a little bit here You may never do I heard what you said And it stays in my head Well, let me tell you my impression Everything you said is J.A. Absolutely, indeed. It's your niece thinking about I'm just trying to figure it out. I never would believe it if I hadn't really heard it. Pretty much what I heard is definable to me. You really need to see a relationship between another fellow soul and his body. Somebody's gonna have to make it clear to me. Having a teensy-weensy, itsy-bitsy face with Freddy. He's apt to make a fellow's life unsteady. So pour me a drink and let me think. Raise your glass, make a clink. Bottoms up, now I'm ready for the game. Might as well get in the cup, I'm I'm never gonna win it. Let's have a party, drinking hearty, gonna drink up till we drop. Let me have nothing that's shake you on the total, you wanna drink it straight. Way you burping got me thinking, maybe it might have been something you ate. Relax and let's drink steady, it's on preload, Freddy. Drink up everybody, thanks to Freddy. I'm talking about Freddy. Cause Freddy is steady talking about copping his buddy some booze. Wanna get drunk for free? That's easy. Freddy will pop a little, take it off the top a little. So his boss will never even miss it. Drink up, it's Freddy's treat. You buy one, he'll give you one. Acquaintances never leave Freddy's dry. You're never really ever gonna find that you were high. I'm telling the truth, yeah. I'm sitting right here one evening just cooling. I'm telling you, man, I'm a broke and about to beg me a drink. And that's no joke. That's when old Freddy spoke and he said, Don't worry about it, man, cause I can dig it. You got a third going without a man. I'm here to tell you there's nothing worse. That's the reason why I'm trying to let the fella preload. Because of that, they call me Freddy Preloader.
Obviously, they had a good time making that piece. And, of course, we heard uh, four incredible vocalists um, backed up by Tommy Flanagan at the piano, George Mraz on bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. And, of course, that was a, um, a replication of the famous tune from the album Kind of Blue, and that was Miles, Comp- Miles Davis's composition, Freddie Freeloader. And we heard, first of all, um, Winton Kelly's original piano solo as sung by Bobby McFerrin. And then the late Al Jarreau did Miles Davis's solo. John Hendricks did John Coltrane's solo. And finally, George Benson did Cannonball Adderley's solo. And uh, these four incredible uh, singers doing this uh, particular piece of music. This is from an album that came out on Denon Records called uh, Freddie Freeloader, John Hendricks and Friends. And so ends our tribute to this uh, incredible musician. John Hendricks had a good long life. He was 96 years old when he passed away. He was born today, September uh, 16th, 1921, um, in Ohio. And... As I said, lived a good long life and passed away November 22nd, 2017. And uh, he was born in Newark, but not Newark, New Jersey, Newark, Ohio, and died, of course, in, in Manhattan. John Hendricks, and of course, um, well, his legacy lives on. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, and we'll be right back. We have uh, a couple of brief announcements, and we'll be right back with uh, something a little bit different. We're also on your computer as well. You can uh, listen to CITR for live streaming, citr.ca. And we'll be right back. Broken Pencil, CITR 101.9 FM, and Discorder Magazine are proud to present Canzine Vancouver, the city's giant zine fair and festival of underground printed arts. Celebrating zines, comics, and works of weirdness. Over 300 on display and for sale. You won't find this stuff anywhere else, ever. Only at Canzine, September 21st, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Central Branch of the Vancouver Public Library. It's free, and all are welcome. For complete festival lineup, visit canzine.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. A couple of websites that are uh, always worthwhile looking at. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. Very, very complete website. Um, It gives you all the year-round presentations 
of coastal jazz and blues because they do more than just the, I shouldn't say just the jazz festival. That's a major event every year. But they also have uh, concerts throughout the year that they sponsor. And also you can um, get the whole schedule at uh, Frankie's, uh, which of course is one of Vancouver's leading jazz clubs down on Beattie Street. They have um, Frankie's schedule down there. You can check out who is uh, coming to Vancouver and uh, book your table and do all that kind of stuff on that particular website. So it's very comprehensive. And that's the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and that's coastaljazz.ca. The other fine website is a very interesting one and always one worth uh, browsing around, especially if you don't know much about the jazz scene here in Vancouver and want to get into it a little more, and that's um, vancouverjazz.com. So that's also a, a most interesting website. So two of them, coastaljazz.ca and vancouverjazz.com. Also, I always like to mention Pat's Pub, which is located, of course, in the historic Patricia Hotel in uh, our downtown east side. Every Saturday afternoon from 3 until 7, some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub. And uh, Rod McDonald has done a tremendous job keeping uh, that going for so many years, and there has never ever been a cover charge. So it's very economical. Uh, you can nurse a cup of coffee or a glass of beer or anything else you want. Um, the food is really good down there, and of course the atmosphere uh, in Pat's Pub is wonderful, and you'll meet a lot of old friends down there as well. So it's always packed out. Every Saturday afternoon, rain or shine, from 3 to 7, some of the best jazz that you're going to hear in Vancouver at the best price. Pat's Pub in the historic Patricia Hotel, Saturday afternoons, 3 to 7. We're going to turn our attention now to one of the great African-American poets. Yeah, Langston Hughes. And this is a, an interesting get-together. This is Langston Hughes reading some of his um, poetry backed up by the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop with, of course, Charles Mingus on bass and Kenny Dennis on drums subbing for Danny Richmond. Horace Parlin on piano, Shafi Hadi on tenor saxophone, and Jimmy Nepper on trombone, which was uh, Mingus's working band at the time. And um, backing up uh, Langston Hughes with a couple of uh, Mingus compositions. And it's an interesting get-together. It's from an album called Weary Blues, and it was done in 1958. Um, and of course... The only drawback uh, with this, um, Langston's words are, are, are wonderful. Um, he wasn't a particularly inspired-sounding reader, and um, that's, the only, that's the only drawback. He didn't have that commanding voice, which is necessary for this kind of thing. 
Um, but still, his words are incredibly inspiring, and um, he loved to do this kind of stuff. So here then, Langston Hughes with the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop. Good morning, Daddy. I was born here, he said. Watched Harlem grow until colored folks spread from river to river across the middle of Manhattan. Out of Penn Station, dark tenth of a nation, planes from Puerto Rico and holds of boats, Chico. Up from Cuba, Haiti, Jamaica, in buses marked New York. From Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas, to Harlem, Brooklyn, the Bronx, but most of all to Harlem, dusky sash across Manhattan. I've seen them come dark, wandering, wide-eyed, dreaming. Out of Penn Station, but the trains are late. The gates open, yet there are bars at each gate. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun Or fester like a sore and then run Does it stink like rotten meat Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet Maybe it just sags like a heavy load Or does it Explode! I said to my baby, baby, take it slow. I can't, she said, I can't, I got to go. There's a certain amount of traveling in a dream deferred. Lulu said to Leonard, I want a diamond ring. Leonard said to Lulu, you won't get a dad blamed thing. A certain amount of nothing in a dream deferred. Daddy, 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 all I want is you. You can have me, baby, but my loving days is through. A certain amount of impotence in a dream deferred. Three parties on my party line, but that third party, Lord, ain't mine. There's liable to be confusion in a dream deferred. From river to river, uptown and down, there's liable to be confusion when a dream gets kicked around. You talk like they don't kick dreams around downtown. I expect they do, but I'm talking about Harlem to you. Harlem. 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 Democracy will not come today, this year, nor ever through compromise and fear.
I have as much right as the other fellow has to stand on my two feet and own the land. I tire so of hearing people say, let things take their course, tomorrow is another day. I do not need my freedom when I'm dead. I cannot live on tomorrow's bread. Freedom is a strong seed planted in a great need. I live here too. I want freedom just as you. of the park like darker rivers the streets are dark black and white gold and brown chocolate custard pie of a town dream within a dream Harlem's dream deferred good morning daddy ain't you heard Come back to something you ought to know. Just a little bit of advice. Take note, Daddy-o. Don't let your dog curb you. Curb your doggy like you ought to do, but just don't let that dog curb you.
We heard a couple of readings by the late, great African-American poet Langston Hughes performing with the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop with Mingus, of course, on bass, playing his compositions. And we heard Kenny Dennis on drums, substituting for Danny Richmond, um, Mingus's regular drummer, Horace Parlin on piano, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, and Shafi Hadi on tenor saxophone. And that was the makeup of the, of the uh, Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop in March of 1958. That's when that was recorded. Langston Hughes, something a little different. And uh, here is something which is not really a memorial. It's a, it's a tribute. It's, it's um, a piece of music by John Coltrane. And it's dedicated to his favorite cousin, Cousin Mary. Now, Cousin Mary um, lived in Philadelphia. And uh, Coltrane loved Cousin Mary, and he wrote this tune in honor of her. Cousin Mary just passed away. She, for years, um, was kind of an overseer of uh, John Coltrane's legacy, and uh, she would deliver lectures and and talk and and talk about her um, relationship to her favorite cousin, who was John Coltrane. And, of course, Mary, Cousin Mary, was John Coltrane's favorite cousin. So they had a mutual admiration society. And he wrote this tune on his very famous album, uh, the album that came out on Atlantic Records, Giant Steps. And uh, there's a tune on here dedicated to Cousin Mary, and that's what it's called, Cousin Mary. So here's John Coltrane with Tommy Flanagan at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and Cousin Mary.
from John Coltrane's famous album, Giant Steps. That was the tune dedicated to his cousin Mary, and that's what it was called, Cousin Mary. And, uh, of course, it was a blues in the key of A-flat, Cousin Mary. And uh, she was Coltrane's uh, favorite cousin, and uh, the feeling was mutual between the two of them. And Mary, as I mentioned before, um, just passed away. She was 92 years old, and uh, she was um, kind of an overseer of um, some of John Coltrane's uh, musical and personal legacy, Cousin Mary. And we heard uh, uh, John Coltrane, of course, on tenor saxophone with Tommy Flanagan at the piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums on that particular piece of music. We're going to turn our attention now to uh, one of the neatest big bands led by baritone saxophonist Jerry Mulligan, and it was called the Jerry Mulligan Concert Jazz Band. And uh, they were together as long as Mulligan could keep the band together. It was uh, even, it wasn't exactly an easy task to um, keep a whole bunch of great musicians together um, over a period of time. And, and Jerry really tried hard in the uh, early 60s. He always wanted a big band, and uh, he managed to have one, at least for a couple of years. And they performed all over the world and all in all the jazz clubs as well. So we're going to hear a couple of pieces by the Jerry Mulligan Concert Jazz Band. And the first piece of music is um, called Barbara's Theme, and that's written by the great Johnny Mandel and, of course, arranged by Jerry Mulligan. And the second tune we're going to hear is called Blueport, and it was actually written by a trumpeter, Art Farmer, who uh, occasionally who played with Jerry but isn't in the band. But he wrote this tune, and it became a specialty of the big band. And, of course, it's Jerry's arrangement as well. And the tune is called Blueport. And there's uh, a lot of really incredible people uh, in this um, Mulligan concert jazz band, including uh, Conti Condoli on, on trumpet, Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone, Willie Dennis, one of my favorite trombonists, uh, Gene Quill, uh, who's a wonderful alto saxophonist, Zoot Sims, Buddy Clark is on bass, and... Um, Actually, Bill Crow is on bass and the great Mel Lewis on drums. Clark Terry was also in the band, just to name a few people um, in the band, plus uh, a bunch of others as well. So here then, these two pieces. The first is Barbara's Theme by Johnny Mandel, and the second is Blueport by Art Farmer, the Jerry Mulligan Concert Jazz Band. Thank you. 
couple of pieces by the Jerry Mulligan Concert Jazz Band. Of course, uh, with Mr. Mulligan on baritone saxophone is the uh, leader and uh, chief soloist in the band. But on the first piece of music um, called Barber's Theme, written by Johnny Mandel, the trumpet soloist on there was Conti Condoli. And on the second piece, we heard a whole bunch of solos, um, that piece was called Blueport, and we heard uh, Jim Ryder on tenor saxophone, Bob Brookmeyer on valve trombone, we heard Bill Crow on bass, and of course uh, Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, along with Clark Terry on trumpet, and of course uh, an amazing band, Jerry Mulligan's Concert Jazz Band. Barber's Theme, and Blueport. We're going to turn our attention now to uh, winding down the show with Hammond organ virtuoso, the late, great Charles Irland, in some fine company here with Virgil Jones on trumpet, Bill Easley on tenor saxophone, Bobby Broom on guitar, Buddy Williams on drums. And we're going to hear, um, and if you hear a conga drum, it's Frank Colon. And we're going to hear two tunes to close uh, this evening's show. First one, uh, both written by Charles Ireland. Uh, the first one is entitled simply My Two Sons. And the second one is called Kickin' the Three. Of course, that was referring to his Hammond B3. This is from an album called Front Burner. The great late Charles Ireland on Hammond Organ.
Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Mighty Burner. The late, great Charles Irland on a Hammond organ, one of the most distinctive of all Hammond organ players, uh, with Virgil Jones on trumpet, Bill Easley on tenor saxophone, Bobby Broom on guitar, Buddy Williams on drums, and on that last uh, track, uh, Frank Colon added on conga drums. And we heard two tunes, both written by Charles Irland. The first one was called My Two Sons, and the second one was called Kickin' the Three from uh, Charles' album from 1988 called Front Burner on Milestone Records. Wrapping up another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. I'd like to thank you very much for um, listening. If you listen to part of the show, great. If you listen to all of it, wonderful. Um, glad you dropped by, and we hope to see you in seven days' time. We start at 9 p.m. every Monday night, right here at CITR 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and I wish you all a very adventurous and fun and happy week. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.